This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Uh, because once you understand the technique behind what you're doing, what fire does, what salt does, what acid does, what fat does, the rest of it's just about understanding ingredients, you know? And so you can really take things once you understand the why and apply it to the how and come up with some really cool stuff. Wow. Like Love really that. cool stuff, you know? San Antonio Restaurants has created an ultimate foodie cruise taking place February 2024 on the magnificent Virgin Voyages Scarlet Lady cruise ship out of Miami. We have partnered with the Tiki Travel Planner LLC for all the logistics, and they have some huge discounts just for us. The link to the foodie cruise is on the San Antonio Restaurants Facebook page or message Alan directly. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our amazing podcast, The More You Know, The Better It Tastes, where we interview some of the very best chefs and restaurant owners in Texas, in San Antonio, well, in, in Southwest Texas, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and we have a great chef here today. Oh, my goodness. So excited. Yeah. But you know, Susie, before we get started, we should talk about this wonderful podcast studio that we're in. Absolutely. We are in the Peachtree Rose Marketing Studio this, I have to, I mean, we are so excited to be here. It's an amazing home for us. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. It's in the VentureX Northwest building. Um, it's just gorgeous. So we're so excited to be here in this beautiful studio. Absolutely. And there's room for others. So if anybody out there is thinking about doing a podcast, which I encourage you, it's fun. Yes. Uh, Peachtree Rose Marketing has a beautiful studio absolutely. here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. All right. But back to our guests, we have Chef Ernest Bradley. Ernie, how are you today? I'm good. 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 Glad you're here. Yeah, me too. Do you really prefer excited. Ernest or Ernie? I heard different people call you different things. Should I just call you chef? So I can just... <laughs> No, just call me Ernie. <laughs> Ernie's fine. We're friends. Yeah. I, I, I notice, I'm always, I didn't used to be pay attention to that, but I notice if people are signing like Michael, mm -hmm. well, maybe they don't want to be called Mike. They're called, they're signing Michael and you sign Ernest. So I didn't know, well, what do you really want to be called? Now, Ernie's usually what I'm called. Ernest, I think, is just me going... <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, just getting it out there. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So, Ernest is one of the. He's a co-owner of Charity Bar at 302 Montana. Charity Bar is a great place, right behind the Alamo Dome, off of Cherry Street in Montana. And we're going to learn all about that uh, kind of ramen shop and other goodies, and plus great drinks and a fun place to hang out. Right. Yeah, I mean it's it's a wonderful place. Uh, it's it's uh, two refurbished homes were built back in 1906. Wow. Uh, the drinks are the way I like them, which is nice and strong. The mm -hmm. food is, is delicious, uh, and the <laughs> staff is absolutely amazing. Oh yeah, and great I'm staff. Always blown away by the people that work there and and what they're able to uh, to do. Yeah, yeah, it's such a cool atmosphere. I, I love it. You know, it, you every room that you sit in, it's like a different. You're in a different. It is. Yeah. yeah. And we, we even yeah. have like different names for each room too, oh, so that we that. can be like real quick, like, hey, blah, 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 got it. Right. You yeah. Know, there you go. Wow. Well, we'll learn all about Charity Bar, but let's start, let's learn about you. Now, I believe you were born in Corpus, right? Yeah. Born and raised Corpus Christi. All right. Yeah. And uh, are you a fisherman? 
Uh, you know, I was when I was younger. I've kind of gotten away from it. But yeah, you know, I have cousins and uncles and hunting and fishing and all of that type of stuff was something that that's, that's what you did, even whether you wanted to go or not, just mm. by default. Like everybody's leaving, go with them. You know? <laughs> <Get> <laughs> right. Out. Get out. So, yeah. so was cooking something that was, um, or food, was that something that you grew up with that was oh, absolutely. part of your... Yeah, so I mean, uh, cooking outside of just the necessary means of nourishing myself, uh, you know, I, I really I learned a lot from my grandmother, um, as a mm-hmm. lot of people do. You know, you're at the house, you're pulling on the apron strings, so yeah. to speak, and she's showing me how to bake, and she taught me how to fry an egg when I was pretty young. Um, you know, my mom was a single mom, so she was at work a lot. So being able to cook at home was mm-hmm. kind of a big deal, especially when I got you know a little bit older, mm-hmm. brothers and sisters and stuff like that. Um, but even with my friends, you know, we were, when we were growing up, you could skateboard or take the bus down to the tea heads mm-hmm. and ta- cast out a little crab net, catch some blue shell, throw it in an ice chest and go back home oh, and throw them man. in the water. You're yeah. a hunter provider for your family. Uh, it was pretty wild. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you get a little box of uh, chicken wings from HB. I mm-hmm. think at the time they were like 20 or 30 cents a pound. I mean, it was just nothing. Right. Yeah. And you just sit out there and that's how we would and skate around and that's how we would do things back then. So it was just, uh, it's different. Yeah. You know, you can't wow, really do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fun. Are, is your family still in Corpus? Um, my mom is still there. Uh, both my older sons are still there, but most of my aunt, mm-hmm. uh, but most of my family is either deceased or moved on to other places mm-hmm. at this point. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, while, while you were in Corpus, did you, is that where you first started in the restaurant business or? Yeah, so um, my first restaurant job uh, was when I was uh, 16, uh, working at a Denny's, washing dishes, uh, Fridays and Saturday mornings. Mm -hmm. Um, That was uh, a terribly difficult job, to be honest with you. Get there very early in the morning, especially for my age. Uh, and the dishwasher from the night crew had already left three or four hours before you got there, so you'd walk into bus yeah. tubs and bus tubs of eggs and cheese and anybody that's had to wash that, that type of thing. That have dried onto the plate because oh. they've been there, yeah. My yeah. first job was at Sambo's. I was 16. I was 15 and washing dishes at Sambo's, so yeah. same thing. Same thing, yeah. And so what, what I learned very quickly was that I really wanted to get it done, uh, and so I would move as quick as I possibly could, and I would wash dishes. And then as the cook started catching on, that I was like really fast at my job because I wanted to be, um, they started saying, well, hey, if you come over here, we'll show you how to do some of the prep. I'd be like, oh, that's cool. I'll definitely do that. So I'd knock my stuff out, and then I would go over there, and they would show me what they, they're doing, and they'd be like, all right, we'll, we'll be back in a second. And they'd go out back and smoke cigarettes while I did their job. <laughs> and that's kind of what got me into it. Uh, from there, I moved on to uh, another place called Uncle Chester's Old Crab House, which is a seafood restaurant there, and I worked mm. there for a number of years. Uh, I learned a lot about scratch cooking there, especially, of course, seafood, grilling, frying, things along those lines. Um, and then it just kind of blossomed. I mean, the what I found in the kitchen was a camaraderie that I hadn't really experienced, you mm. know, just people of all different ages and backgrounds coming together to create something and to, to sometimes just get through the shift. Right. And mm-hmm. you, you, you end up, it's so endearing. You know, people that you may have never talked to before all of a sudden become your one of your best friends. And all levels of experience, exactly. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and backgrounds was always the right. thing for me. Like mm-hmm. I have learned so much about uh, humanity in a kitchen and just kind of learning from people as they're teaching me about, you know, how they grew up and how they interact with other people, how they look at things. Um, and I and I'm a I'm a big studier of people. Uh, I I find humans fascinating mm-hmm. in so many different facets. You know, I the the courage behind them, 
uh, just everything about it, yeah. and just the drive to want to be better. Awesome. And the, the restaurant industry, it's one of those things that, in my experience, offers a very level playing field to people that have not always been offered a very level playing field. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's people that are getting a leg up. You, know, you go to culinary school, you're probably going to get a leg up. But we all start out as dishwashers. Mm-hmm. Right. We all have to work our way up have from to. there. We have yeah. to. Well, and, you know, that probably is why, you know, we hear all the time about how um, this is the one industry. And, and I'm sure there's others like it. But there, this is the one industry where we hear consistently that restaurant owners and and you know, come together and help each other in Absolutely. so many amazing ways. It's a community. No, and San Antonio is unique in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was working with Gwendolyn Group, we could call John Russ over at Luke and be mm-hmm. like, hey, we ran out of cream. Come pick up a case. Right. We'd run, we're literally running down the river walk <laughs> to grab a case of cream. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't see that anywhere else. Yeah. The, the, inter, the way it's intertwined with each other is so unique here because I think so many of the really good chefs and cooks have grown up in San Antonio. Not mm. very many of them are quote-unquote transplants. Mm-hmm. And if they are, they've been here long enough to where they kind of grew up in San Antonio. Right. Sure. They yeah. learn their, they hone their craft to that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And so we are, um, we all kind of know each other. Even if we don't like know each other, we know who we are. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's very unique. And if somebody calls me and they ask for help, the very first thing I'm going to say is, yes, what do you need? Because if I need help, they're going to do the same thing for me. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that, you know, I love about the culture here mm-hmm. in San Antonio. I love about the, the restaurant scene and the culinary scene here is that this, it is a big camaraderie. You yes. know, I, the one event that we used to do every year that I miss more than anything else is cocktail. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, God, I miss that, you know. Um, you talking about the cocktail summit or? No, the, the one at the beginning of the year, um, the cocktail conference. Oh, that they used to, that uh, Bohannon's used to have. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because I, w- I would do all three days because I was at that point I was with Gwendolyn Group and we would have a concept for each day mm-hmm. and I'd go all three days. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the third day, I had literally You've seen met so many... every one of my favorite people in the world oh, that worked in the cool. restaurant yeah. business. <laughs> so I, I was it. like, dude, you know, because you would see some on Thursday, some on Friday, some on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I would see them all. And it, it was, it's such a, like a big, um, like a big party in a way, yeah. you know, we're all out there trying to do our best and right. kind of wow. And, and I mean, mm-hmm. maybe not so much show up, but show out, you know what I mean? And get people to recognize what the skills that we have behind us. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, you know, we're all having a drink and having maybe a little bit of whiskey and a beer with each other sure. and hanging out. And, yeah. and there's a camaraderie there that you just don't find in other cities. Right. That's interesting. That's, really That's cool. interesting. So, so Susie and I have talked about that a lot mm-hmm. being, you know, we're both, in the restaurant business now because of, of, you know, being this, but, uh, what we've, what we love is the heart and, and, and soul of the restaurant owners and mm-hmm. chefs that such huge hearts and they, they love people and they love what they're doing. I didn't realize that was unique to San Antonio. I thought that was unique to the industry. So well, it's interesting to learn this. That it's, it's, we're, we're just getting to experience the best of it because I, of where we're yeah, at. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have met other chefs in other cities that are very giving, mm-hmm. but never anything like what it is here. Because mm. there's just, I mean, quote unquote competitors. I could call the guys at Tenko and be like, hey, I haven't got my delivery yet. Can I run over and grab two cases of noodles? And they would be like, I'll give you three. You yeah. know, when can you pay me back? Be, and we're quote unquote competitors. Right. And yeah. it, it's, it's not like that. It's not seen like that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's it, it is it's something that has created a boon for the younger generation in the culinary field because, you know, I I even have heard of chefs not hiring people because somebody worked for another chef. And they're like, no, 
you work for that guy. Nah, man, you know, and, uh, it's real competitive in other markets. It yeah. really well, is. And, but and, here it's not like that. And everybody's appreciative of everybody else's craft. Exactly. You know, I mean, you're everybody's bringing such interesting flavors and exciting things to the table. And it, we, we hear so much um, pride when we're when we're um, ta- uh, you know in reference to a restaurant owner and a chef talking about another chef. And yeah, absolutely, it, it's just really it's amazing. We all get yeah. so excited yes. for each other. Yes. Like all year, all year this year, like mm-hmm. every time I see something from Nicola Black, I'm just like, oh my God. I know, <laughs> oh my God. I know. <laughs> there you go, girl. Yes, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And she's one yes. of my favorite people. Uh, and it's like yeah. every time I open up a magazine, and then there she is. And I'm so excited for her. And I'm so happy that she has found the yes. success that she's had. And so many of the rest of us in San Antonio feel that way about mm-hmm. so many different people. Chef Kirk, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just like John Russ, like all these people that we've met that we're just like, we're so happy. Because what what I think we all understand is as they elevate, we all elevate. Absolutely. And, and the all whole of our city. games get better. And the yeah. whole city it, elevates. Exactly. And the city and, does. And, yeah. and we, yes. get a, we get a better scene because mm-hmm. of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the idea of building each other up uh, has become what I would say an unwritten mantra in this city when it comes to the culinary scene. I mean, we're wow. all interested in each other's success. Right. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. It really is. Well, when did you come to San Antonio? Uh, we moved here in 2011. Okay. If I remember right. And did you come because of you already had a job, or or what, no. what brought you here? So we uh, we'd been living in Corpus Christi, uh, and we'd been down there for about five six years at that point. I, I lived in Austin for a long time. Uh, when uh, my wife and I found out that we were pregnant with our daughter, we decided to move to Corpus because that's where family was. My grandparents were down mm-hmm. there and stuff, and um, they were getting a little bit older, and we mm-hmm. wanted uh, Danielle, who's my daughter, to spend some time with them. Right. Um, and then it was time to move on. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, San Antonio was a great fit. It was close enough to family to where we could get up and go if we needed to. Uh, The market was nice sized. There was plenty of work for me to do here as well as my wife. She works in the pharmacy at hospitals. Um, She's over at uh, Methodist right now. Uh, And so it was the infrastructure seemed good. It was a growing city, but everywhere we went, we never felt like we were really stuck in traffic. Hmm. And I know people are going to be like, oh, are you crazy? I've sat for 30 minutes yeah. in traffic in Corpus Christi to yeah. go five, six miles down the road. <laughs> I have never spent 30 minutes sitting in traffic in San Antonio right. to go five, six miles. You can get across town miles. in 30 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, and, and so we came up here, uh, and we, we just fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, so, much, so many things that we've just really enjoyed about being in San Antonio. And mm-hmm. so it just very quickly became home. Wow. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, I, I've lived here my whole life, but I think it is a great place and, it, and it's home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's good. So coming coming up through the industry, so you haven't gone to culinary school. I did, actually. Oh, I did okay. go to culinary school. So one of the byproducts of moving to San Antonio. But, but wait a second. You don't have any tattoos on your arms. How can you say you went to culinary school? Uh, all my tattoos are under my T-shirts. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't quite gotten to the point. My my oldest son is a tattoo artist, and oh, wow. so he he does whatever I get done now. Right. Uh, uh-huh. And I haven't gotten to the point where I'm like, all right, Ready to go end. ahead, right, put right, something right. where everybody can see it. Yeah. Um, I just had him do my calf uh, about six seven months ago, and that's that's about as much exposure as I've, right. I've wanted with a tattoo <laughs> yeah. so far. All the rest of them I keep them hidden. Hidden. Okay. They're for me. Uh, but, um, I did go to culinary school and part of the byproduct of moving to San Antonio was that was right after the culinary institute had opened up at the mm. Pearl. Mm-hmm. Right. And so 
I had been cooking for a long time. I'd been restaurant management. I actually, uh, I had worked on um, working on being a sommelier for a long time as well before my really? daughter was born. Yes, I studied a lot about wine. I uh, got to my master of wine candidacy and hit a wall and decided that um, I didn't know if I wanted to continue down that path. My daughter was born. Uh, it was taking a lot of time away from my family. Mm-hmm. I was traveling a lot so that I could, you know, learn these things I needed to learn because you get to a certain point and you can no longer learn all the things you need to learn in Corpus Christi. You know, you have yeah. to get out and you mm-hmm. have to learn more things. And so um, the decision was kind of made that maybe I wasn't taking the right direction with my life. And I'd always loved cooking. And it, that had always been, you know, my passion at home, even after I'd moved to the front of house uh, to learn how to be a psalm and do these things. Right. I, you know, I still would prep in the morning at the restaurant and then I would psalm at night. And I did that for years, you know, I, uh, notorious workaholic. Mm-hmm. And um, so when we moved here to San Antonio, you know, my wife and I were talking and I was like, you know, I'd, I think I'd like to go through culinary school just so I can say I did it. You know, mm-hmm. and it was a wonderful experience. I, I worked with some amazing chefs, you know, uh, Heinrich von Bargen, uh, Chef Brian West, uh, Paul Sartori, who is one of my all time favorites, mm-hmm. um, and Elizabeth Johnson from over at uh, um, Farm Table. Oh, yeah. Yes. Farm yep. Table. Mm-hmm. That's even so, on your shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I got to work with a lot of really cool people and I learned a lot. And one of the, what I learned, um, honestly, was that there was so much that I didn't understand that I was just following instruction. Mm. Like I knew how to make a good stock. I knew Mm. how to make a bechamel. I knew how to make all these things, but I never understood why it worked the way it worked. Mm. The science. Yeah, yeah. the science behind it. And, And if you want to be able to cook your best food, you have to understand the whys, not just the hows. Because once you understand the whys, you can apply them to other things. Yeah, I was going to say, then you can change everything. Everything, yeah. yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, I love doing weddings, by the way. It's one of my all-time favorite things. Mm-hmm. I love catering weddings. I will do it at a drop of a hat if you let me. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many people it is. I'll figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I talk to people about weddings, one of the things that I say is like, well, what do you like to eat? And they're like, well, you cook Japanese food. I said, no, no, I, I, we do Japanese at the restaurant, but I can cook anything you want. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is just let me know what you're looking for and give me a little bit of time. Uh, because once you understand the technique behind what you're doing, what fire does, what salt does, what acid does, what fat does, the rest of it's just about understanding ingredients, you know? And so you can really take things once you understand the why and apply it to the how and come up with some really cool stuff. Wow. Mm. Like Love really that. cool stuff, you know? So mm-hmm. cool. Wow, I know. I'm kind of, kind of I, I, I know. It's, I, 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 I'm kind of blown away right now. It's really cool. Has Has anyone ever told you you have a lot of passion? I hear it a lot. <laughs> yeah. I think it's why amazing. I'm a workaholic because well, I really love what I do. And yeah. you know, I somebody asked me one time. They were like, you know, why? why I think I was in my late 20s, early 30s, and uh, I was uh, at work, and somebody was like, "You're always here." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Why? I was like, well, I mean, to be successful in this industry, I think you have to be a little crazy. <laughs> and they, they kind of laughed. And I was like, and, and, I, and I thought about this after I said it because I didn't even, it just kind of came out. And I was like, I think you also have to have this like innate desire to serve. Mm, like you want to see people be happy. Right. And one of the beautiful things about the restaurant industry and one of the things that I absolutely love about what I do is I bring in a raw product 
I manufacture the product. I plate the product. I serve the food to the guest. The guest eats it. I come back, I clean it up, and I get to see the guest leave. I get to see every step of the transaction from beginning to end, from where it comes in my back door, when the the butcher drops off the meats, or Mm. when the farm-to-table drops off the produce, all the way to the guest has finished the transaction, the dishwasher's washing the dish, and I'm thanking them from coming in, and they're telling me how good everything was. So you have that gratification. Through the whole thing. Yeah. Every step. Mm -hmm. And and it's amazing. And then you can break that down into the fact that, like, I get to teach people how to take down an entire pig. I get to teach people how to butcher 80 pounds of chickens, whole chickens, how to manufacture katsudons. So are, to, you, are you doing all your own butchering at yes. a charity bar? Yes. Wow. For the most yeah. part. We've, we've gotten to the point now where we're so busy that we can't um, like buy a pig, and that's enough for all of us. We have to buy billies, bellies. We have to have loins because mm-hmm. businesses dictates. And that's one of the things that we talk about when we, we talk about what we want is concentric circles of desire. Mm-hmm. So bullseye is exactly what I'm looking for. A little bit out is acceptable. A little bit out becomes a little bit less acceptable. And the next string out, I won't do it. Yeah. So as long as it falls in that, like, you know, because everybody wants to be local. And I, I want to support as many local businesses as I possibly can. It keeps the money in San Antonio. Sure. And hopefully they come in to eat at my restaurant and I get my money back. Mm-hmm. Right. But buying onions to make, what do we make, about 80 gallons of broth a week. You know, I go through about 150 pounds of yellow onions. Buying those locally would break me. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I have tried to make soy sauce before. Making soy sauce in-house is not logical. So you have to buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a terrible uh, time trying to make miso when we first opened, the miso paste. And we finally got it, but, man, it's just not worth it. It's not worth all the work. All Whenever the work. somebody else can do it better. Mm-hmm. So you, you start thinking about these concentric circles of desire based off of reality yeah. and what we can and really cannot do. I think we were talking earlier about, about the noodles. The noodles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can make a pretty nice ramen noodle. Right. But it's going to take me and another person all day long to make enough to get through the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, Sun Noodle just does a little bit better of a job because mm-hmm. they have the machine and I'm over there yeah. doing it by hand. Right. Sure. You know, and it's just not the same. Right. Wow. Well, Susie, let's stop there and take a commercial break. When we come back, we want to start talking about Charity Bar because that's a, such a cool concept. And we want to talk all about that. So let's go to a commercial. Sure. Absolutely. Susie, you know the San Antonio Restaurant Gold Club? The best club in the in world. In the world, yes. That's, you know, <laughs> we need to get some shirts made. The best club in the I, world. I think so. Yeah. No, it's, it's seriously, I mean, when we were, I, I have to say, you know, when we were putting this club together, I was so excited. I mean, I, I am continuously so excited, but I mean, initially I, I was just blown away. I, I kept saying to everybody, this is literally the best club out there because we are, I mean, some of the best local restaurants in San Antonio are San Antonio Restaurant Gold Approved. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's it's, what it's all about is the local restaurant. You know, mm-hmm. we developed this club because we want people to break the chain. We want people to quit going to all the chain restaurants that, you know, doesn't there's no there's no culture behind it, no love behind it. It's just this building that you can go between here, you could be in Indiana somewhere. It's the same thing. Yeah. Well, local. Yes, and I have to say, you know, cuz we get asked this question all the time. You know, we was we so a couple things. We get asked well, how does a restaurant become gold approved? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the criteria and do they pay? They must pay. They yeah. must pay. Nope. It's like, nope. So so our, our criteria is they have to have great food. 
Um, they have to have great service and a great atmosphere. Um, and that's that. That's it. They do not pay to be gold approved. I mean, these are restaurants that we love. These are restaurants that we stand behind, that mm-hmm. we're like, you know, we we will stand behind these restaurants. So, yeah. you know, any restaurant that you find in our in our gold club, which is about 85 restaurants at this point. Yeah, and growing all the time. And growing all the time. Of every type of cuisine are all restaurants that you can walk into and you are going to have an amazing meal. And, and we know it's amazing because we... Me, you, and and uh, the other management team mm-hmm. for for San Antonio restaurants, mm-hmm. we know that it's good, mm-hmm. and we understand that people go to to the chain restaurants because that's where they're comfortable and that's what mm-hmm. they know. But we want to help them yes. to learn about other restaurants. Yeah, so don't be scared. <laughs> don't be scared. No, no. So these... Yeah, I think that I think that's the biggest the biggest thing is that you know a, a lot of people will look at our at our Gold Club, and even though there's 85 plus restaurants. Um, a lot of them will say, well, gosh, I've never heard of this restaurant. Well, I don't know. I've never heard of it. I promise you. Yeah. These, these are great restaurants. Take our word <laughs> you for it. Go. Yeah. Yes. Don't, yeah. don't get stuck so in that. So to join the Gold Club, first of all, the, the, way, the best way to do it, we have a free app. Just go to the, to the Google Store, the Apple Store, download the free app just by search, searching San Antonio Restaurant. Get that app on their phone. It gets you to, our, this, to this podcast, gets you to the magazine, gets you to our foodie map, gets you all the good stuff mm-hmm. that we've got going on. But that's also how you get to the Gold Club. From yes. there, you can join it. It's only $8.88 a yeah, month. And it's really cool because, you know, we really wanted to help the consumer. I mean, yes, you know, we're all about helping the local restaurants, but we know people are going out to eat a lot, you know, lunch, dinner, all kinds of things. We really wanted to help the consumer. And these restaurants have been amazing um, giving back to the consumer. So you can walk into many of these restaurants and receive a buy one, get one free, receive free appetizers, free desserts, all kinds of things. It gets you out there and trying this amazing restaurant, but it also saves you money. So, um, I mean, literally one time you use the Gold Club, it's paid for. Mm-hmm. And I mean, after that, I mean, you can go to restaurants all month long and get savings at all of these amazing restaurants. I mean, you're going out to eat anyway. You may as well eat local. Might um, as well. Put money you know back people, into the economy. A lot of people are, are using the, the, the app by they'll sit at home and they'll read through the gold restaurants to decide where to go. Yeah, for and sure. isn't that exciting? Mm-hmm. Yes. And also a- as another benefit, we have these amazing events. So on a monthly basis, we have an event at a great local restaurant. These events have been so much fun. I mean, people are buzzing about these events. So the restaurant typically has it on an evening when they're closed. They'll invite us out. They'll have bites that you can try, um, cocktails that you can try. Um, it, it's just a fun event that you would not be able to go to otherwise. Yep. Um, so anyway, that that's another one of the big reasons I think a lot of people join is because of our events. So San Antonio Too Restaurant fun. Gold Club is the way to go. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. And we're back. We are... The more you know, the better it tastes. And today we have our guest, Chef Ernie Bradley of Charity Bar. Chef, hey. so uh, happy to have you here. So let's talk about Charity Bar. So I know that uh, David Malley started this in 2018. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind Charity Bar is that part of the profits go to charity. Yeah. So, you know. Um, and, and let me say that, that the name Charity Bar, of course, it's on Charity Cherry Street and Montana, right at 302 Montana. And it has the name bar in it, but it's not just a bar. It is a bar, but it also has wonderful Japanese food and, Absolutely. and ramen. So the joke we always make is charity restaurants was just too many letters. You know, it's so much easier on the business card just to say charity, charity bar, bar, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, the, the, the 
charitable aspect of it is really David Malley's brainchild. And, you know, he came to me one day and we were talking and uh, at the time I was working with Gwendolyn Group and he was like, hey, what do you think about this? And I was like, I'm unbelievably fascinated by it. I The social impact, you know, as I've gotten older, some of the things that I've really started understanding is one, I'm never going to get rich. I'm okay with that. You know, not going to be filthy rich. It's not going to happen. Don't care. Um, but my impact on the community can be long lasting. And so through either training or helping staff members build up uh, and helping other people in the community. And then this idea that the restaurants actually programmed to donate back to charity every month was fascinating to me. And I was super excited about it. Um, and then when I saw the place, I was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I'm so in love with everything I see here. And, and I was. And to, to be able to help shape and mold that into, you know, something that it what it is now, it was just such an opportunity for me. It's two, what, maybe 120-year-old houses? About yeah, something like that. 200 and something year old houses side by side. And you built kind of a deck in between mm-hmm. the two of them. And I guess initially one side of it was a bar, one side's a restaurant, but it's all one place now. It's all one thing, yeah. yeah. And so the the idea at the beginning was that the the kitchen and the bar would be separate. Um, and and like so many well laid plans, when it actually came to fruition, it made absolutely no sense. <laughs> you can't keep the cleaning supplies separate, the staffs. I mean, it just doesn't doesn't work. And so over time, uh, what started off as a kind of a, a renter type situation where I was renting the kitchen from David, we we decided, well, we're just going to partner up on this thing because it's just, it doesn't make any sense. So we took two separate bank accounts and merged them into one bank account and then became partners. partners. I think the the original layout lasted all of about 90 days. (laughs) And then I was like, we were in a meeting one day and I was like, this is ridiculous. We're looking at two P&Ls right now. Why are we doing this? You know? And so... um, you know, David being who David is, and he's an amazing guy, uh, he was very, very receptive to the idea. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Let's do it. You know, let's let's see what we can do to push this thing and really help out the community. Uh, and, and it's been a, a hell of a journey. So a percentage of the proceeds goes to a charitable organization. How does that come about? And how, how is a, because I, I know we were talking earlier, mm-hmm. and it's such a huge, like you said, impact on the community and getting the information out about these different charitable organizations. But how does that all come about? So when we first opened, we, we had a group of people that were nominating uh, three charities uh, every month to come in and compete for the quote-unquote profits. For anybody that's ever been in a restaurant knows it takes years before you actually see profits. Mm. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we had these guys in there, and we were giving away these wooden tokens. Every time you bought a drink, mm-hmm. you get a wooden token, you get to vote, and then people would go and they would vote, and it was, it was a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, when COVID hit, the idea of, uh, well, when COVID hit, and then we were able to open back up. The idea of packing the house just did not seem very responsible at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when we got back to the point where we were ready to start doing donations and taking care of the charities, we decided to do one charity a month and really focus on them and, and what they're doing, their mission. Their but it statement. changes every month. It does. Okay. So what happens is uh, every month, at the beginning of the month, we print out all the applications, have like a little spreadsheet that the mm-hmm. – the, Eric Gomez, who is my uh, charity and you coordinator. And as a, as a charitable organization, you can apply on your website, Yes, right? ma'am. Yes. Just go to the website. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple process. Take you maybe four minutes, you know? And so at the beginning of every month, we print them all out. We hand them to the staff. And the staff has a job is to nominate three charities based off of their personal views. And mm-hmm. I tell them, mm-hmm. please, be biased. 
pick something that means something to you. Sure. Have have a passion. Have some commitment to this. Don't just go in and be like, oh, puppies, puppies, puppies. You know, unless that's how <laughs> I, you want to do, do it. I do love puppies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and and they win so often. Yeah. Um, and then the the they're notified. The next uh, month, they get two weeks to come and table at the restaurant. Uh, they set up. They mm-hmm. talk to the guests as they come through. Uh, and then the guests get a chance to vote. Uh, it's wow. no purchase necessary. Uh, it's one vote per digital device per voting period. Um, and then we tally it all up at the end of the two weeks. We got this nice little pie chart that shows up on the machine, and we send that off to the charities. And then we we usually run two or three months ahead. So we give them two or three months to plan for their month um, so that that way they can get the most out of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. What a fantastic concept. I it's, mean, it's it's the it's the best. Yeah. Um, I'm already highly motivated. I already really love what I do. But mm-hmm. getting up every morning and realizing that it's it's helping the community. It's not just about putting money in my pocket. Right. Uh, that it, it, it does. It motivates me, and mm-hmm. it, I, I believe it motivates the people that work with us as well. And I think that that it makes it easier to come in because restaurant business is very stressful. Mm-hmm. It's it's feast or famine. You know, mm-hmm. you come in some days, you look around, you're like, oh, my God, what is going on in here? Mm-hmm. And then you come in one dumb day, you're like, oh, my God, what is going on in here? <laughs> right. You know, and you have no idea. Yeah. You, ha- you have some idea. That's not fair. You know Friday nights are typically going to be busy and Monday nights are typically going to be slow. Mm-hmm. But I have I have walked in several times on a Monday night and I'm like, oh, my God, where are all these people like, coming what from? Mm. Yeah. What is going on? So there is – you have that, that juxtaposition of not really always knowing what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so – I believe that it helps my staff have a better understanding when there's more to it than just generating money. We all have to have money to live on. Don't get me wrong. I I, I like having money. Um, but I, I really like the idea that we're making an impact on our community more than than I care about the money I'm putting in yeah, my bank awesome. account. So the, the, the patrons of your restaurant are voting for which charity, but isn't there some money from the drink that is also going? Is yeah. that still happening? So once it's your month... There, there's three different ways that you get to uh, that we raise money for you, and then there's other things that we do too. So, one of the things we talk about is that you get two ten percent days. You get a, you pick them whatever. Uh, smart money is always on football games when they're across the street at the Alamo Dome, right? Oh, or anytime yeah. there's a big concert, mm-hmm, I always mm-hmm, tell them, I'm mm-hmm. like, pick this day. Right. I want them to get the most money they possibly can out of mm-hmm. us, right? So they get two of those days. We craft a specialty cocktail specifically for that charity and that month, always focused on. Um, some type of local seasonal fruit or vegetable mm-hmm. or herb. I love it. Uh, and uh, the bar, each bartender gets a round. So I think uh, we are drinking uh, Daniela Hearns, who is also just happens to be my customer service manager as well as one of the bartenders. Uh, and it's uh, the it's a peach puppy potion, if I remember <laughs> right. And it is a play on a Bellini okay. uh, with a little bit of sparkling wine and peach and, and uh, gin in there. Nice. Uh, and they... People love it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it gives them a creative flow. So $1 from each one of those goes out uh, to charity. And then um, there's also a donation line on the bottom of each one of the credit card receipts where people can also donate to the charity itself. Now, during their month, and actually always, but during their month specifically, we also let them know that they have free use of the grounds. So if they want to come up and have like a bingo night where they charge five bucks for bingo cards, they're more than welcome to do that. We've had people hold benefit concerts where they charge so much at the door and then they keep the door. Wow. Um, We've had loterias. We've had uh, paint and sips. We've had markets. uh, We've, I mean, you, you name it. They've, they've yoga. We do the yoga Mm -hmm. every Wednesday. And so they're, they've, they've really ran the gamut of different things that they can do. And they always come up with new stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, la- like last month or a month before we had them, they did a paint and sip. And I was like, no one's ever done that. 
what a cool concept. Right. So they bought the paint, they bought the easels, uh, and the 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 board, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And then um, they just, everybody got a drink, mm-hmm. and then after that, they were on their own. And it was it looked like a blast. We, I was working it, so I really don't know, but it looked like they were having right. a really I, good I, time. Yeah, sure. yeah, you know, I looked over there and I was like, wow, they're laughing and people are you know really getting into it, and mm-hmm. it, it's very communal. Yeah, you know, because mm-hmm. it, much like. Much like so, art, painting is not one of those things that a lot of people have a natural acuity to. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of fun to go and be with people as we all learn communally how yeah. to do better at something. Yeah. Right. You know? yeah. Yeah. And and uh, I mean, cooking and art is they're very close. Yeah. Because I mean, you're, when you're cooking, you're creating art. So. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially when you you get to the point where you start thinking about color, mm-hmm. and context, and plating, and things plating. along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I worked at a young man. Uh, name was uh, Ian Lamphere, and he was an artist by trade. He worked with us at Gwendolyn Group, and he had the most beautiful plating I've ever seen. Hmm. He does well, it super close. Well, your dishes are gorgeous. I mean, oh, your you. ramens are just beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah. I've just, but I, and I was going to ask, so, I mean, you have such unique menu items, and what, what made you decide to go Japanese style, and, and, do you, and you curate the menu, obviously, right? So... Um, it's a kind of a long story. Uh, we'll shorten it down. You know, the the idea of doing ramen really fed into one of my favorite things, which is butchery, because when you do butchery, you have a lot of things left over, and so making broths mm-hmm. works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I worked with uh, Michael Sohaki at Kimura for a number of years. That mm-hmm. also kind of pushed me in that direction. Um, when when we were talking about Charity Bar, the we wanted something different. We could have done anything, you know, um, burgers, fries, yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. Uh, it already has a great location and it already has a great mission, you know, but I wanted the food to stand on its own. And so by shaping it into an izakaya um, and doing more of that kind of Japanese bar food, and yes, we have the ramen and the yakisoba, but mm-hmm. the main the main focus really is on the small plates. And that's what the majority of people, I mean, we, we're quote unquote known for our ramen, but if you walk in there, uh, especially in the evening, you'll see so much food on everybody's table. And I, I you all know, the plates, all the different well, plates. Yeah. yeah. You know, and all the different things. And the focus and the joy of it for me um, is that there is some complexity in the simplicity of what we do. So we don't really go all out to get really fancy, expensive ingredients. Um, we make just about everything in house. So all of our sauces that you eat, all of that stuff, we make ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, and we the can, broths and everything. Oh, everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, the mm-hmm. tonkotsu broth is a 72 hour process where we start off with 10 gallons and boil it down to five. Wow. So it's so thick, so rich, so creamy. Mm. Um, so good. <laughs> It is. It's so good. It's so yeah. Good. I. It's one of those things that I absolutely love. I never eat it anymore because I've been eating it for years. But I just, when I sip it, I'm just like, oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Um, but it's, it's also strangely familiar. So people come in and they're like, oh, what is the tebasaki? And I'm like, oh, they're chicken wings. Oh, I know what chicken wings are. And then they come out. They're like, oh, why was I worried about this dish before? Mm. You know? Um, and we, we want our guests to experiment and kind of be a little adventurous mm-hmm. and then also kind of feel secure at the same time that what they're getting is going to be good. Right. Yeah. 
And it is good. I think uh, my wife, Beverly, she's probably your number one customer, right? She, <laughs> I think she, she was my it. first lunch regular. Yeah. 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 She And she has brought a lot of people in yeah. to, to, to eat at your restaurant. Mm-hmm. So well, let's give uh, everyone kind of, let's paint a picture of what it's like. So it is on the corner, 302 Montana, on the corner of, of Montana and Cherry Street, directly across the street from the Alamo Dome. There is parking along the curb, but you also have the lot uh, up the street, maybe two houses across the street. Kind of cattywampus. Yeah, and so there's a big, there's big empty lot there, right yeah. there with lots of parking, right? And when there's not an event at the Alamo Dome, we also have parking in that D lot, which is that oh. one that's right there on oh. Montana and okay. Cherry Street. So if we ever have like a big event or a right. concert, we do have those extra parking spaces I as didn't well. know that. That's good to know. And then you cross street, you go in. Like I said, it's two old houses. And as you enter, it has the... Uh, the decking between the two of them, so it makes it all one. Beautiful and outdoor so, space. Yeah, Thank it you. is nice. Mm-hmm. And you can go, there's a hostess that'll meet you, host, hostess stand that'll meet you, and you can go either way to the, to the house on the right or the house on the left, uh, take a seat. Or there's also a huge backyard area with the stage. There's a covered part of it. Uh, right now, of course, we're we're recording this in August, but by the time we play this, it's going to be October mm-hmm. probably. Be so perfect weather. You need to get out there and enjoy that beautiful weather. Uh, there's tables outside. Some of them are covered. Some of them are not covered, but you have a great view of the stage where you have different live bands, different things happening. Or like you said, there's different shows going on all the time. Uh, what am I missing? I don't know. I feel like you covered a lot of it right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You well, know. Oh, go ahead. There's no, no. always some really cool stuff going on at Charity Bar, and that's one of the things that's, that's fascinating about the place, and, and it comes from so many different angles. You know, we have the Art Collective Mixer. We work with local artists. All the heart that's hanging in the restaurant is that. part of, of that mm-hmm. program, and it's all there uh, to be sold. Um, we work with Caroline and Albert Gonzalez on that, and they're just amazing at what they do. Uh, Libby Day helps us book music, and whenever we do have live bands there, 100% of the door goes back to the band. So we don't take any of the profit from the selling of tickets or anything. It all goes back to them. Wow. Uh, then there's all the things we do with the charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the like once again, the food is just, it's, it's yeah, so good. It's, right. It's mm-hmm. it's one of those places where it's like you, you go, because there's so many places in San Antonio that do really cool stuff where the food's okay. Mm. You know, and it's the other thing, too, is that we are absolutely family-friendly. So if you have your kids, bring your kids down. I know the word bar scares people off, but it's not. We have right. a big play area. We design the place so that kids can run around and be crazy little animals because it's not normal for a child to sit in one spot for 45 minutes to an hour while you eat dinner. Mm-hmm. And so... That's that's right. I do remember you have a lot of really cool play... Yeah, ping pong tables yes. and cornhole mm-hmm. games, and there's a basketball thing and a little mm-hmm. arcade and... You know, we, we designed it so that the parents could come and have a place to hang out, have a nice drink if they want one, mm-hmm. let their kids run around and do their thing. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to get upset about it. And also have good food because right. I think there's several places in San Antonio that provide the first two. But how many times can you eat pizza, burgers, and fries? Right. You know, and so by by doing something that's a way off the beaten mm-hmm. path like it is and still kind of adventurous – um, I find that a lot of families feel very comfortable coming and just having a quote-unquote family date night where yeah. they're doing something different with each other. Yeah, and I have to mention, too, just because I, I find it so—it's it, wonderful, but you have a, actually your Curia and La Tienda de oh, Ferias yes. oh, out yes. at Techport. At Techport, yeah, yes. Yeah, at Boeing Center Techport, um, at Techport, and it's so— uh, 
awesome to be able to go there and it's a food hall but it's local restaurants and you ha- and so you can go there if you're in, in that area you can go there and get that amazing food um you know because a lot of uh, the korea is is mostly it's, charity bar it's modeled after charity yes, bar yes, so it's yes. a slim down mm-hmm. charity bar menu that focuses on ramen and less on the small plates mm-hmm. that's kind of what we were trying to do there yes and uh it's the same broth same noodles same same belly all of those things are the and, same and i we have been and the food is excellent. Thank you. At both, both places. Both I, I, places. Yes. The other mm-hmm. one you have at Tech Port is La Tienda de Bidia. Yes. The Sabidia tacos. That, yeah. Uh, they are so good. So, yeah, they yeah. are. Um, so we do that with 100% local goat. All the goats come out of Fredericksburg. I got a guy who works with about seven or eight different ranchers that brings them in for me. We go through about a goat mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use the whole animal. Where are you butchering the goat at? at back hallway. At, at, in my production yeah. kitchen. At, oh, at, at, at the tech port. No, yes. at, uh, at Charity Bar. At Charity Bar. Oh, tech, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, so, so everything is brought fresh. Yes. Yeah. So we have we have the main kitchen at Charity Bar, and then I have what we call the back hallway, which is our production kitchen. Mm-hmm. And that's where you'll see all the butchery go on, all the baking, all of the sauce making, everything that's not like picked up on the stove, we mm-hmm. basically do in the back hallway. Okay. Um, and so uh, we, we use the whole animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make our own adobo. I uh, use about f- wow. four different types of dried peppers. Um, all this allspice and clove and just all these great things, well, apple cider vinegar. Uh, we cook it at a very slow temperature, mm-hmm. uh, very low for about 14 hours. It comes out, and we put it all, all that juice and everything in the walk-in, let it set overnight so the meat just really uh, sucks in everything. Uh, and then we shred that up and put that in the video tacos. Mm. I mean, we, we do so much for that concept. We make all the corn tortillas ourselves. We even make our own sour cream, our own crema in-house. Wow. You know, Like we really try to take – these techniques that I've learned working in these kind of upscale restaurants mm-hmm. and and use them with the food that we serve here mm-hmm. at Charity Bar as well as at La Tienda and Coraya. So it's um, you go in there and you're just like, wow, this is so good. Why is it so good? And my only answer is because I'm an enormous and control really, freak. <laughs> no, and 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 but it re- you can you can taste the the excitement and the passion in the food because it's real. Yes, when you eat mm-hmm. real food, like if you make your own creme fraiche or crema, and then you think take a thing of daisy sour cream and you eat them side by side, you don't even realize you're quote unquote eating the same thing. Yeah. There is such a difference. I'm a huge uh, fermentation guy. It's part of what really got, what got me into butchery was learning how to do charcuterie. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we make all of our own pickles in house and all of these other things. And so I, I, I think a lot about, you know, the food science behind what we're doing and probiotics and Mm -hmm. how, how these things go from point A to point B and one of the joys of my job is teaching people this and, and watching them learn and yeah. watching them understand how food really interacts with itself. I want to come work with, with you. No. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. Wow. So I fascinating. Yeah. I know. I, I, I just am it's amazing. I, I'm, I'm unbelievably blessed. And, and I, I, I say it on a constant basis. I have the best staff. I have people that work for me that have been working for me for years. Uh, they are amazing um, Would you ever want to do a cooking class? I, I, you know what, I've, I have done a couple, and yeah, I wouldn't mind at all. I, I, I love what I do. Because we, we are going to tap you to yes, do that. Yes, I was oh, yeah. going to say okay. we need to get well, together. Let me, let me think about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I thought this was a, a, a set. <laughs> no, no, gonna... I, uh, no, and, and I, you know, I, I'm very passionate about cooking, and I'm very passionate about the hospitality part of what we do as well. You know, the we we talk about this on a given that our food is good is a given at Charity Bar. That's not the uh, overachievement. That's the quote-unquote expectation is the food is good, mm-hmm. if not great, mm-hmm. you know. 
But the customer service, the hospitality side of what we do is where I really talk to the staff about a lot because there are, as we talked about, there are a lot of really great chefs in the city. Right. A lot of them. And if we want to set ourselves apart, we have to make that connection with our guest mm-hmm. while they're in the restaurant because there's tons of great places to eat. You guys got how many? Yeah. You say 65 on the 85. Gold Club? 85. Mm-hmm. Jesus. 85 on the Gold Club memberships mm-hmm. alone, mm-hmm. you know? And we're part of that. Yes. And so I'm competing with 84 other restaurants that all have equally delicious mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how we set ourselves apart is through our customer service, the hospitality yeah. part of that. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, honestly, I, I, I've had conversations with you before about – how you keep your staff and how you what you do for your staff. And I really thought we would go there today, but we're already running out of time. So that means we're going to have to have you back again. <laughs> Absolutely. Because you're yes. a fantastic guest. Yeah, Thank and, you. And, Thank and, you very much. And, and people who are listening, again, you know, there's so many different ways that you can try the food. Um, like I said, you know, of course, out at Charity Bar, um, out at um, Techport, um, if you're in the I, I don't, I'm horrible with directions, but well, <laughs> near Port San Antonio, near Port San Antonio yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can try both of the concept restaurants there. Yeah. Um, but and man, is the, do you still have the food truck that was, you were doing the video? We do. We okay. still have so the you have a food truck for, for the beard, uh, mm-hmm. La Tienda de Bidia. And, I'm and so telling you can find you, that at different places. And yeah. Yes. We, we tend to park up at Rebecca Creek quite a bit oh, okay. with that one. Uh, we've slowed down summertime. It's so hot. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, so gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're, we're not doing it as much as we were during the spring. Uh, but, you know, we, were, we are going to ramp that back up come fall when everything gets a little more uh, hospitable. Okay. Yeah. And La Bidia, I'm telling you, you have got to go and try those. It, uh, it's so they're good. out of the world. Yeah, yeah, and and the last time I was at, at Techport, y'all had some kind of a hot dog, a Sonora hot dog. Ooh, so that, that was, was incredible. So, good. <laughs> so my my sous chef that's running the Techport location, uh, Juan Cubieros, mm-hmm. he came to me one day. He goes, "Man, I really want to do like some type of hot dogs." And I was like, mm, "What do you want to do?" And so after a couple of talks, I was like, "All right." I like a hot dog, but I wanted to make sure it fit in with what we do, right. you know. And so he did a lot of research, um, and YouTube is amazing. You know, you can learn so much. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we go to Mexico quite a bit. Mm-hmm. We've been all over Guadalajara, Jalisco region. We, we like love the Yucatan Peninsula quite a bit. Uh, and so he found street dogs that are common in different cities around uh, Mexico and created a small menu based off of, those street dogs that they sell, and they're delicious. You're yes. absolutely right. Mm-hmm. The Sonoran dog with the wrapped bacon and then the little chili yes. toreado on the side. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I fell in love with it. I was like, Juan, this is amazing, you know? Um, and then we have one that's topped off with a little bit of the birria that you dip. Oh, wow. And the, the bun has been uh, cooked in uh, with goat lard, so it's brown wow. with the goat lard. So you get all this, like, crazy wow. flavor Goodness. to it. That's, Guys. So that's your next restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, guys, you need to go. I'm telling you. Uh, You Uh, do not want to miss out. Well, this has been fun. Uh, And and the the big news is that Charity Bar is one of our gold restaurants. They're a brand new gold restaurant. I'm so excited. So they have some great perks, Mm -hmm. and you're going to be blown away for our gold members. Wait Mm -hmm. till you see what the kind of perks they have in the system. It's really good. So go to Charity Bar, 302 Montana Street, right at Cherry, uh, Cherry Street. Great location, uh, easy in, easy out, great food, good service. Everything's perfect. And uh, ask for Ernie, and he'll come out and say hi to you and sing to you. 
No, I don't know if it's Antonio. I don't know if it's sick. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I'll definitely say hi. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I do hope you come back again. We had a great time today. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. Thank you very yeah, much for inviting thank me. You so I really much. appreciate it. it was really All awesome. Right. Okay. Well, next time we will uh, be back, Susie, with yes, another great guest. Yes. Yes. All right. Yes, yes. Y'all have a good week. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye bye.